Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I hope that you're having a great day and uh, that you've enjoyed the holidays or looking forward to the holidays. And so uh, today we want to ask you to think about what have you been entrusted with at your church? Um, and and this, hopefully you'll, you'll understand a little bit better as we get into this, but but I, one of the things, Alan, that that um, has been, I guess, was always on my mind when I was pastoring the local church is that I was entrusted and had to guard what what happened in my local church. And they had people that would say, oh, God told me I was supposed to speak at your church. And I'd be like, well, back up. He hadn't told me. And so, um, you know, I struggled with that. And so I wanted to guard my sheep. And so. We want to talk about that a little bit today, don't we, Alan? Yeah, we are. We are to guard the trust. We, there are things that we've been entrusted with that that we have to guard. I think a, maybe a couple of them we're going to talk about today. I think are obvious. I, I don't think anyone would be surprised when we talk about those things. But there may be some other things in there that you've never really thought about. But if you'll take time, you know, once you listen to this today, I, I hope you'll go down and and sit down and and really think about it. And, um, you know, I'm excited because one of them we're going to talk about, we're actually going to follow up with with another podcast uh, talking about um, how you can build some of that if you don't have it. So so anyway, I'm excited about this. I think this is a great discussion for us to have, especially as we're thinking about coming into a new year. We're all evaluating ourselves, evaluating our ministries, evaluating our churches, evaluating our call even. So I think this is a timely topic. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so let's let's just kind of dive in here and talk about you know what things do we need to guard, what things should a pastor guard in his church, and and the very first thing, Alan, you put our note together today is um, we have to guard what is taught in the church, and so kind of give me your thoughts about what what you're thinking of there. Well, you know, I think when we think about what the what Paul was telling Timothy to guard what's been entrusted to you, that was the gospel. You know, we mm-hmm. we are to be gospel preservers. We we live in a time where there are churches and denominations that have moved away even from the gospel itself um, as a belief. But we are to guard that. We are to always be gospel driven and gospel centered in Christ centered in all that we do and so i think this is a really important thing i think no one is surprised i think if they know us to hear us say that but this really is kind of at the top of the list of all the things that we've been given to preserve and so as we think about that um, you know there are lots of opportunities for people to learn in a local church um of course, during the Sunday worship service, and I mentioned earlier that I had people that came to me a, a number of times that said, God told me I'm supposed to speak in your church, and and I really struggled with that. Um, if I did not know the person, and if it, and if or if I did not have some people that I really trusted speak highly of that person, I... I almost wouldn't let someone do that. I would have to know them quite a while before I'd let them speak. And so that's one of the first things is a guest speaker coming in and speaking at a Sunday service or Wednesday service, whatever you have. You're so much more gracious than than me, Trent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since he didn't tell me, man, you ain't doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, 
but yes, I, that's true. You know, I think we, we often have that, you know, if you're bringing in a guest speaker, be very careful, you know, do, do they not only are they the right person to speak to, but will they have the right demeanor? Will they have the right relationship to, um, with, with your people? I think that's really important to think about, uh, when you're talking about bringing in a guest, a guest, a preacher, you know, the same thing can be true though. In, in um, our small groups, you know, we mm -hmm. run in sometimes to people who don't teach the right things, you know, and sometimes it's not even egregious, but sometimes it's obviously they're just not teaching the right thing. For instance, I had someone who taught a small group in a church who um, believed that their only calling was to teach, but that they didn't have to apply it themselves. And, oh, wow. yeah. and they really thought that they were above the application, you know, and, you know, when we told our small groups, we wanted us to, wanted them to do some service projects. They said, we don't need to serve. We're here to learn. And um, mm. I think, wow. I think the word of God has some things to say yeah. about that. And so we weren't <laughs> in alignment and ultimately that person left our church, but mm -hmm. obviously you've got to have, you, I mean, that's our responsibility, and that's something I, I'm extremely passionate about. Anyone who's ever heard me preach knows that, to me, spiritual depth is tied into obedience, um, not into knowledge. Oh, yeah. Well, so, you know, in small groups, sometimes as pastors, we don't always, you know, because we're doing something else, maybe you're teaching a Sunday school class or a small group, and so you don't have the opportunity always to go and be around um, you know, in the other groups that your church may have. Um, but I, I remember I had this instance happen at one of my churches that I pastored where I had some folks started coming to me and saying, hey, this doesn't sound right. Because this one guy came into a church and, and he was, you know, very, everybody, you know, liked him to begin with. And but he started just taking over a Sunday school class, you know, just talking all the time. And he started, just like you said at the beginning, Alan, of, of adding to the gospel. I mean, it was just like what Paul preached about. He, he was saying that, hey, in order to be saved, you had to keep all the Jewish laws. And, and uh, we we're like, no, this, that's not what the gospel says. And, and so, you know, as a pastor, then I'm responsible to to step up and say and talk to this person and have one of those crucial conversations. Yeah. And sometimes it might just be that they're not, they've not learned. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. is certainly possible that we can take the Ananias and Sapphira approach and go up to them. Let me show you a better way, you know, so you can teach mm -hmm. more accurately. And sometimes you have to remove someone. And if mm -hmm. you're in ministry long enough, this is going to happen. It's not, it's not a, this may happen to you. It will happen to you. Just, you have to be ready for that, but you're responsible for that. You're responsible to protect mm -hmm. what's being taught in your church. Now, Trent, you added well, something in, into this. No, I'm sorry. You wanted to add. Well, I, I just want to, yeah, I did want to add to, because I, I want everyone to understand that I was not against guest speakers or, or having guest speakers or teachers in the Sunday school class. But as Alan said, we do have to be responsible for that and guard that. And so I would have, you know, like one month out of the year, I would have several guest speakers, you know, for some several Sundays, but I would vet them, you know, pretty intensely. I, I wanted to know because 
my biggest fear was having to put out all the fires that somebody who didn't um, speak according to scripture or um, said stuff that just blew my people's minds. You know, I, I wanted to vet them pretty earnestly so that I didn't have to put out those fires. But anyway, I just want people to know that I'm not against having guests. You're just responsible for them. Uh, and then it probably that's probably a good clarity for us both. Uh, to get yeah. out there today. Uh, Trent, you yeah. added something in here about a shadow pastor. You know, we've talked about mm -hmm. those before, but maybe people haven't heard one of those episodes. Tell us a little bit about a shadow pastor and what they do and how they kind of disrupt what's being taught in the church. Well, this is a term that I um, heard from someone else a long time ago, and it was just kind of a warning. And the more that I've been around churches, I've seen this happen a number of times where there is someone in the church that is not necessarily the pastor, but they're a member of the church, and usually they're very active. Maybe it's a deacon or a teacher or something, uh, but they try to exert control over the church, and so they'll use different opportunities to, um, to either belittle the pastor or present their own agenda, and so that's an area where you kind of have to be aware of, hey, what's what's going on? And, and you may have to have a conversation and say, hey, tell me, what are you trying to accomplish here? Yeah, and those people oftentimes try to become that Sunday school teacher who's teaching, who's not teaching a Sunday school lesson, but they're teaching um, why I don't like the pastor or I don't like the church anymore. And they're they're not actually teaching God's word. They're teaching their agenda. And mm -hmm. that is a very dangerous situation um, to be in. Right. We're, we're called to present scripture, you know, and scripture doesn't always agree with me, but I'm called to present scripture, not my opinion, even as a pastor and preaching. And so uh, this is an important thing for us to do to protect. And that's a great segue because the other part is our own doctrinal alignment, you know, our own theology. Mm -hmm. I have said things from the pulpit before that probably did not line up with the theology that I, I believe and that I've taught because I didn't say it well. And I've had to go back and apologize or clarify or do some of those things. But I need to be clear of what, what, I'm, uh, what I'm teaching and what I'm teaching to my church. I also need to be clear that if my beliefs were to ever drift from my church's beliefs, it's my responsibility to leave and not spread my uh, new doctrine or change doctrine in that church, um, that that church is founded on, on its orthodoxy, its practices. And I, I am not to change that. I would be to need to step aside as a result of that. Right. And so the gospel is the bar, right? And an and unchanged, immutable gospel is the bar. And so if... And we've seen it happen a number of times with pastors who decide that they're going to change things up or they want to, you know, preach something that doesn't line up with, with Scripture, then um, you're right. And, and honestly, the church has a responsibility in that setting to be able to confront and say, hey, this doesn't line up with what my Bible says. Um, either show me where I'm reading it wrong or I need to say to you, you're off in the deep woods here. You're in the deep grass and you need to come back. 
And so uh, there, it's a both and responsibility, both the pastor to protect, make sure that he's preaching that. But if he does get off, then the church has the right and responsibility to come to them. And I even think that that can be true, even even at some other levels, Trent, too, where, you know, uh, us being in Southern Baptist background or whatever. But if we had a pastor who started teaching something contrary to our our stated beliefs as Baptists, you know, it might not be something that wouldn't be a gospel issue, but it might be a doctrinal issue. And that they're teaching a doctrine that we've mm-hmm. that we don't agree with. And so we are to protect that as well when we accept a call to a church to be their pastor they're trusting us to follow the doctrines that they believe in and so we have a responsibility to do that so that that's a big area you know guarding what is taught in the church i mean this is this is the umbrella that kind of catches everything else but there are some other things that are maybe more of a leadership mindset that that we are responsible for so you know, we're we're also responsible to set the tone on how we treat people and how we're treated, uh, how how we treat one another in the church. Mm. Yeah, we do set that bar um, because if we put people down, belittle people, um, unfortunately, that's like a cancer that spreads in your church. And or if you allow someone to, I had this happen in one of the churches that I pastored. I had a guy who was very racist and very vocal about it and and man i had to come down hard uh, you know because that's not what i agree with and and i wanted our church to be welcoming to everyone and and so that you just there's all kinds of places where that can happen but this is an important area that to keep track of yeah we we set the tone for that so if we if we don't treat people well people in our church aren't aren't going to expect that that's a big value and so they're they're not going to treat each other well. There's not going to be a lot of respect that goes back and forth in there. It it never ceases to amaze me how many past, pastors want the respect of their congregation, but they don't respect their congregations, and mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. You know, if you want to be respected, then you you, res, you respect other people, and it doesn't mean you always have to agree. It doesn't always have to mean you don't have hard conversations, but you can have respect. And that that is certainly important. You know, if you want a loving church, you've got to set the tone of love. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit more maybe about how how to be a thermostat in this in a little bit. But how we treat one another, you know, that is our responsibility because we're the one that models that. We model it from the pulpit. We model it when we're welcoming, greeting people. We model it in visiting people. No one else can set that tone. It has to come from us. And it used to be that, you know, years ago, that just because of the position that you held as a pastor, then you automatically gained that respect. And that's, to some case, that's still the case. But our culture expects that everyone be treated with that amount of respect and not just, well, because you have the the post or the position then you get it, but you don't have to give it that respect to anyone else. But that's not the case anymore. Yes. And I think that shows even in the business world. You know, if you want to lead an organization, you're going to set the tone of, of how people respond to one another. So that's mm-hmm. that's important. Let's talk about another one that we've mentioned this one I know before as well often. But a pastor has to guard the vision. They're entrusted 
with the vision of, of, of the church, which in some way should relate to the Great Commission. Um, mm -hmm. But we are entrusted to protect that, pursue that, and uh, guard that with, with all that we can. No one else can set, can set the direction of the ship, so to speak, except the captain. And in our case, that, that is a responsibility we have been entrusted with. That's another really connotation that Paul was giving to Timothy when he told him to guard what had been entrusted to him is that you have the gospel. Now it's your job to see that your church follows, follows that carries through with that. Right. And the scripture also tells us that without vision, the people perish or the people run amok basically. And so it, it's, it's a, every church, not only do we have the, the great commission to follow, but we also have a specific location that God has placed us in and a specific ministry that he's equipped us for. And so resharing re that a number of times during the year helps that to stay fresh and, and using not only the pastor sharing it, but having, you know, having that vision or that statement all over the church. So people are reminded of that constantly. Um, that helps us to, to be focused and um, unified on that vision. Yeah, vision matters. You know, you and I are both high visionaries. So we we really love to sit sit back and look at vision and think about the direction things are going. And uh, most of the time that's a blessing. Sometimes it is a bit of a curse because you also can mm -hmm. see, you can kind of see uh, things that are moving the wrong direction, maybe that you don't have the ability to to do much about. And that can be, that can also be disconcerting at times, but most of the times, you know, being a visionary has been a real positive um, for us. And, but if you're not a high visionary, you still have to recognize that this is uh, something that has been entrusted to you and that you are responsible, you're responsible for it. So vision, vision is one of those other things. We also, Trent, you know, one other thing, and I, I hadn't really realized this one, this is probably something I'd never thought about until recently, but that, we are responsible to be kind of the momentum builder and sustainer um, in, in our churches. Uh, we, 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 we are not the momentum. I hope we're not the momentum. Yeah, yeah right. But, but we are the momentum keepers and sustainers um, in, in the church. We're, we're to drive momentum. So when you've got things and things are going well, it is your responsibility to recognize that and to capitalize on it. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of pastors throw cold water on, on movements of God in, the, in their church because it's not exactly what they wanted it to be or it didn't go exactly like they thought. And I've seen them kill momentum. We certainly don't mm -hmm. want to be guilty of that. Well, Alan, you used a phrase there, movement of God, and that's what I think that it's supposed to be. We're, we're not the momentum, just as you shared, but God is the momentum. His Holy Spirit moving in our churches um, and, and empowering us to do what God has called us to do. That's where the momentum is. But then as a pastor, I've got to constantly be pointing people to God for his strength, his guidance, his power, Instead of, hey, don't look to me as the pastor. Uh, don't don't aim everything at me. Let's let's rely on God or let's don't rely on our past successes. And but let's rely on God and his vision for the future, his power, his plan. And so, yeah, we're, we're kind of cheerleaders, but it's not about us. It's about God. 
Yeah, so momentum is is kind of a huge thing, you know, and that's actually we're going to be talking in, in next week's episode, Trent, about ways to kind of help momentum. You know, how do how do you how do you kind of build momentum when you've gotten a, a little bit stagnant? Because we, I think we all know what that's like too. I certainly experienced both sides of it. I've experienced times when, man, there was so much momentum and everything's exciting, and you just can't wait for church next Sunday to see what's going to happen. And I've also, you know, uh, waking up and going, what's going to happen this week? You know, um, we, and boy, through COVID, we all dealt with that. <laughs> so right. there, there are certainly a lot, to, a lot of things that ebb and flow with momentum, you know, and then realizing that people are looking to us when momentum is good. How do we handle that when there's not much momentum? What are we doing to change that? You know, people are looking to us to kind of do something with that. I never really had thought about that one before. I kind of thought momentum was just kind of outside, outside, completely outside our scope. But it's not. It is something that we have a direct relationship with. Well, and think about and when something happens in your church, maybe that's a crisis or or something happens where um, someone a staff person or someone else does something that really hurts the church, that's when everybody's looking to the pastor to say, how do we respond to this? How do we regain the minimum? Because that can derail a church big time. Uh, but, you know, that's an opportunity for the pastor to say, okay, let's let's be honest, this happened, but that's not who we are. You know, that and let's let's move back to where God has called us to be. Let's don't camp out over here and begin to be negative and and hurtful in the things that we say and the way we act. But let's come back. Let's come back to the vision. Let's come back to what God has called us to do. And that's you know that momentum can can be regained even though Satan is always trying to knock it out. Yeah, you know, think about it more like um, you know, really momentum is most of the time momentum is not does not come to a complete stop even in uh, hard situations uh, if momentum comes to a complete stop you're pretty much a truly dead church and you're probably down to three or four people and the doors are about to close but there's always a little momentum so think of it more like what we used to say you know i've got a stick shift a california stop <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. if I can avoid going down to first gear, I'm going to do it. Right. And uh, right. And that's just what 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 we're talking about here. You know, you really have a chance to always take momentum and go back, go back up. And you're looking for opportunities to be able to shift back up a notch. And so that's our responsibilities to know when to make those little shifts uh, along the way. So shifting things, Trent, you know a Sunday, you ever have anyone in your church complain about the temperature in the auditorium? <laughs> yeah, we had some people bringing blankets. We had some people bringing fans all on the same Sunday. So you just never could keep everyone happy. So, Yeah, I'm amazed in East Texas here how many blankets I see in churches, you know, but, you know, we're in it. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it, but I'm in an area where the humidity is much higher. So the cold mm -hmm. feels cold, colder and the hot feels hotter. And right. so, you know, and when the air conditioning comes on in a humid area, man, it might be 70, you but know. it feels like sometimes it's like 55. So I get why <laughs> some of the some of the folks um, 
get cold and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm not talking about the physical thermostat. Now, you may have to be the pastor who is the only one with a key to a box for your thermostat. <laughs> right. So you can't control it to keep the, the thermostat wars um, from going on. Uh, but I'm talking about, you know, we are the one who sets the temperature. And when mm -hmm. I think about this one, how that's different from something like momentum is this is our, a weekly thing. You know, we need to know the thermostat. Um, the, there, there might be a week where your church has lost um, a matriarch or a patriarch, someone that you've counted mm -hmm. on, someone that everyone in the church knew and loved, and you're coming back in that next Sunday. And maybe people, you know, feel feel good about it because he he lived and died or she lived and died so well, and you want to celebrate that person. It may be that that it hangs heavy over your church and you need to come in and you need to take a, a, a more um, nurturing tone with your church. You know, there there are times where you need to come in and um, I think more times than we want to recognize that you need to come in with a celebratory attitude that we're here to celebrate a God who's bigger than we are, with bigger plans than we recognize and all those kinds of things. But we are the ones who set the thermostat on a weekly basis for what's going on in our church. You may not feel it. You may not want to feel it, but it's just who we are. It's what we need to do. Right. Well, and as you put this on our note today, Alan, I, I just got back from Chicago and the last day that I was there, it was, it felt like six degrees when I was walking outside. That's what my phone said. Feels like temperature six degrees. And so I was like, Holy cow, somebody turn up the thermostat. We <laughs> got to have an issue. But, you know, in a setting like that, you know, it it doesn't take a whole lot of, of turning up to feel the heat. And so, you know, sometimes we have to look and say, maybe it's a situation of, hey, is my church, is my congregation, my family of God, are they, are they hot toward following God and being obedient, which you brought up earlier? Um, and obedience and, and following him, or are they very cold toward that? And so I've got to, I, I need to know, and that's part of what a job of a thermostat is, is to, uh, to measure what's already there and then to figure out what to do to change it, whether it needs to be heated up or cooled down. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great way fun. to look at it. You know, we, we need to know our church. They are, they're looking to us for, for leadership they're looking to us for you know what is next in, in my life and how do we do that you know i think sometimes as pastors our tendency is well they just need to be challenged mm -hmm. well you can challenge in a lot of different ways you know i learned i learned coaching that you know you can't just challenge in one way you have to challenge in, in numerous ways and the least effective way i ever found to challenge was to yell at people oh yeah you know, you can't, you really can't challenge or manipulate people into it. So you have to find out what, you know, what, what is in their heart. How do they respond? And I have found that most people respond best when we, we become their number one encourager. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of that thermostat we need to set most Sundays. If you gave me, if you gave me one setting and said, I could only have one setting. I think that setting needs to be encourager. Because our churches need a lot of encouragement. 
That's absolutely true. And I've seen some people that feel like maybe their only setting is guilt trip. Um, you know, and they try to guilt people into doing things or acting a certain way or, or responding the way they expect them to. And unfortunately, guilt trips don't last. Um, they're always short trips. And so um, we, that's an area where we don't want to be doing that, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's not going to continue. And so what you said, Alan, about being an encourager, those kinds of things last. And and recognizing or encouraging people to say, hey, we do have a, a right to celebrate because our God is great and he is doing some amazing things and he's doing it through you all. Um, so, you know, let's let's celebrate. Our God is good. He is very good and he's been good to us. And he's good to mm-hmm. us to allow us to do a podcast like this, Trent, you know, where we get to talk about things like what we've been guarded with. And today we've talked about what's taught in the church talked about guarding what how your people treat one another we've talked about vision and momentum talked about being the thermostat in the church those are some things that only you can guard um, as you pastor a church and if you are a lay leader today you know encourage your pastor pray for your pastor in these areas these are these are heavy responsibilities and they weigh heavy on us and sometimes we miss the temperature sometimes we Sometimes we, our own vision kind of gets in the way. So pray for us as we guard these areas that are very uh, near and, and dear to us. So again, we are so grateful um, to be here um, with you today. And Trent, you know, people need to know that we want to see them endure. Right? We mm-hmm. want them to know that we care about them. That's why this is important. Yeah, and I would ask that you all, as you listen to this, would you also not only pray for your pastor, but there's a lot of churches who don't have pastors right now. And so I want to ask you to pray that God would call out the call, that he would call out those people to serve as pastors and ministers, and and then allow people like Alan and I to continue to walk alongside those guys and, and to help them as they um, prepare or as they serve. And so please lift up those people that are potential pastors as well. So there you have it. You know, some ways that some things that you are given to as a pastor to guard the trust. So we hope that's been a help to you today. Thanks again for joining us. We've already told you next week, we're going to be talking about momentum. We're excited to talk about that. And we look forward to catching you for that conversation. Thanks for joining.